Good morning. This morning we'll take a little break uh, from our study of the Minor Prophets, and uh, we'll be in John chapter 18. John chapter 18, and we'll also spend a little time in Acts 17 this morning. Uh, it is good to be with everybody and uh, enjoying the, the worship that we've had this, this morning and uh, our songs coming together and praising God. I pray that you've gotten, uh, you've been blessed by it as I have, or even more so. Um, I always look forward to this time that we can be together and uh, spend some time in God's Word. Uh, looking forward to a big week, a uh, big week of preparation, and finally get back on the field, uh, Lord willing, on Saturday. Obviously, I uh, ask for prayer, safety, and travel, and practice, and of course, you know, the the virus stays away and we actually get to play. That's going to be the probably the big, the big thing, but uh, it is good to be with you and you know, we were just surrounded by so much uh, today, and so many things are going on. We've mentioned, and uh, you, know, the, you know, a lot of people, I think, believe in this vacuum, or we kind of almost wish there was a vacuum, you know, that there was just this, we're almost like a blank sheet of paper, right? And I know to some degree, kids are a blank sheet of paper, but, you know, we, won't, we would love nothing more than to be able to create this equality of outcome, right? There are so many people in the world that they want to create an equality of outcome and it's just impossible you think at this point the world has been spending long enough to realize there is no way in the world to create an equality of outcome but that's exactly what we chase uh, notice that that's very different from an equality of opportunity uh, even in that that's a tough enough issue to deal with to before we even get to the point of starting of equality of outcome there's just so many factors that go into the equation that we can never quantify what it would take to present an equality of outcome, right? Uh, you know, I wanted to be a professional football player really, really badly, but I have more the body of a horse jockey than that of an NFL football player. There's no way to make that difference up. It's impossible. And we can spend a lot of time, and we do. We spend a lot of time and a lot of money in this country in the attempt to promote an equality of at least opportunity, which is a little bit easier to gain than an equality of outcome. And I think that the Scripture even teaches us that you know there's really no way to do that outside of Jesus Christ. There's no one who's able to take all the perspectives and really see it for what it is but even then, in some ways, God throws that out and goes, are you in Jesus or are you not? And really, it's a simplification. And obviously, anytime anything comes out of my mouth, you can generally expect to be an oversimplification because I have 25 to 30 minutes at most. Okay, uh, you know, It's like when we take these memes and we go, oh, that's bedrock truth. That takes all of the intricacies and levels and layers of issues into it. No, of course not, right? Those are generally generalities. It's just the way it is. It's the nature of communication. If we spent all of our time dealing with all the different layers and nature of things, we would never, ever, ever get things done. And it's difficult on its own. And so I get to this thought of John chapter 18. And I think of this conversation that occurs between Jesus and Pilate. 
in such a wonderful instance of where we might say you wouldn't know the truth if it walked in and sat down in front of you. You wouldn't know the truth if it came in and slapped you. And the funny thing is, is the more I seek truth, the more and more I realize just how absolute ignorance there is in Travis Creasy. It's laughable that you would allow me the moment to get up and do this, but it's only because you may find yourself in the same spot. In that, I find a tremendous hope that God knows the truth. And as John says earlier in his book, the truth will set you free. Doesn't say that the truth won't hurt from time to time. But we live in a world that spends an exorbitant amount of time seeking out the facts that we like, and then we stop. That's all I need is the evidence, right? If I could get one stat or percentage that somehow makes me feel right, then there's no other re- way and reason to carry on because we might find one that does not fit my narrative. And you may be sitting there going, oh, he's talking about politics, and maybe so. But I'm speaking even to our search for the truth in God's Word. If I can find one verse that makes me feel okay and might make me feel a little superior to you, then there's no reason to seek out anymore, right? There's no reason to seek out anymore because I've found all the verses. For that very reason, I I really do try to avoid uh, cherry-picking a verse here or there. We've all heard those sermons, and, and they can be done. They can be done in a truthful, righteous, loving way. I just don't really have that ability sometimes. And the irony of that is is that that's exactly kind of what I'm doing today. So I pray for your forgiveness if, if that's how it comes across. If we look at this discussion here, Jesus before Pilate, verse 28, Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters, so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. We have a, an example of, of going, you know, the, the straining at a gnat, right? Well, we don't want to defile ourselves, and yet what do, they, what do they have in their very presence? The truth of God. And you'll see in Acts chapter 2 this kind of connected in the fact that it hits them. The truth that we have crucified the Son of God in our efforts to please God. Wow. That's kind of disheartening. It also, in a kind of weird way, gives me a lot of hope because I've probably done the same thing at times. To, to, to step on my neighbor in an effort to make God happy. I think that all of us can say that at some point or another we've done that, that maybe we've used truth with the wrong motive and in that it no longer really becomes truth. That can be facts and Yes, I believe with all my heart that truth and facts go hand in hand. But if our motive is impure, right? There are a lot of people in the world who will tell you anything if it gets them what they want the most. The poet Charlie Daniels said that a politician wants to vote. So he's going to say anything or she's going to say anything to get your vote. Now, to be completely honest, he also says that a preacher man likes to do a little walking too, right? 
Now, hopefully the preacher man, his main goal is to get you closer to God. But that's not always the case. We all know preachers who proclaimed parts of the Word of God and flying nice jets and have really nice things. So by all means, am I not saying that politicians are the only one? We all have something that we want. Now, the beauty of the Holy Spirit, and my prayer is, is that it's continually pushing us to really want the things that God wants. And that's for every person to come to know God in the person of Jesus Christ and in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against the man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourself, judge him your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show what kind of death he was going to die. Now, the interesting thing is, is you know, there's, there's a couple of here, things here. And one of the reasons I've heard that Jesus did not have the woman stoned is that Jews did not have the ability within Roman law to administer this capital punishment. They had to be done by the, the Romans. And this is one of the reasons where... Hey, we, this is unlawful for us to do this, but it's also the time of year, right? That, you know, there are certain weeks and certain days that, hey, this stuff can't go on. And so it's kind of this wonderful mash of reasoning. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? And we find a similar story that we talked about last week, right? Who do men say that I am? Now, the, the interesting thing is, is if we believe the Gospels, and I do, we know that Jesus knows why he's asking the question. But the interesting thing is, is when instead of becoming defensive, Jesus knows what the end game is here, right? He knows what's going to happen. He chooses instead to ask another question. He knows what's truth. He knows how things are going to end. He knows how things are going to end right now. He sits on the throne, right? He, he's the sovereign God. But he wants Pilate to answer the question because Pilate is the only one who can answer the question for himself. For himself. I'm sure there are a lot of people who look at this school building. What we do here is a propaganda machine. And if we're going to be honest... We would love nothing more than someone to leave here with a great relationship with Christ and to know Him and to know His Word. And at the very least, they're going to have been taught His Word. Now, they can choose to buy in or not. Hopefully, we present everything that we present in our Bible classes with some ability to debate and discuss, right? If, I, if I've not done that, then I've failed miserably. I, I want the discussion. I want them to be interested. I want them to feel as though they can put, have input, but the fact that there are people out there who walk around and feel like there is this vacuum of no one is going to put their thoughts into this person's head has not turned on a television screen lately. The question is, is can we not all put on everything that we say outside of what the Bible says? Disputed. <laughs> right? Disputed. And it comes down to our bias and where it shows up is where we get our truth and where we put our trust. And there are certainly people out there, just like Pilate was, and just like anybody, who would love nothing more than for you to put your trust in what they say. 
I don't ever want you to take what I say here and just go, well, Travis is a decent person. He wouldn't ever steer us wrong. Hopefully that's true. Hopefully it's true. I can't even necessarily say that about myself. What I want you to do is go and seek out the truth. We cannot afford to be lazy. And I'm the king of laziness. Right? Well, this particular thing fits the narrative that I hope is true, regardless of whether it is true. My kingdom is not of this world. He responds, Pilate responds, Am I a Jew, your own nation, and chief priest has delivered you over me? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. He, he keeps repeating that and keeps repeating that and keeps repeating that. And more likely, you've probably heard something along those lines about, Hey, you need to shut up about all this because it's all over anyways. And Jesus is king and... Man, that is all true. Jesus is king and sits on the throne, right? And, and however you feel, man, it's your right to vote. It's your right to say, I don't care nothing about it. It's rigged, whatever. But as long as we understand his kingdom is not of this world, which also means it does not work the way this world works. If God is truly the ruler of that kingdom... And he's told us, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, then take it to the bank. And that, in my, my friends, brothers and sisters, is enough to any thought that crosses your brain that might not come from Scripture, you should go disputed. This is disputed. Jesus plainly tells us that the issues of life, the problems of life, start in our own thoughts, in our hearts. Our hearts are not to be trusted. Just follow your heart, man. Go with your gut. You know what my gut says? Blast them. Right? I get an email, blast them. Let them have it. Sometimes I'll type one up. I've stopped doing that because that send button is awful big and sometimes you might miss, right? So I just sit there and think all the bad thoughts I want to think. And then I ask for forgiveness, and then I write another email, right? Do not trust your heart. The issue in this whole chapter is people trusting what they want to be a guiding light of truth and righteousness. Jesus himself do not, do not live like the Pharisees. Your righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisee and Sadducee. And regular Joe Schmoe's going, that's impossible, man. You're crazy. But what he's trying to get them to is the same statement he makes here. My kingdom is not of this world. The power structure of my kingdom is different. Those who serve, those who come in last, shall be first. How much you see in that on your television screen and on your internet? Not much. And that's not a fun message that it starts in your neighborhood. It starts in your community. Because that means you've got to get off your lazy rear end and go do something about it. Where I just, want, I just want to go pull a lever and be done. If my guy gets in, the world's saved. If he doesn't, we're all lost and going to hell. There's no hope. Nobody wants that. Everybody is selling that. You want to be different? Feel what he said. Be positive. Right? That doesn't mean you're happy-go-lucky and you're not an Eeyore sometimes. 
What it means is you're even killed. There's a sovereign God sitting on the throne. His kingdom is not of this world. And I believe with all my heart when he says my kingdom is of the world, if, they, if it was, they would fight and I would throw in and they would win. And it wouldn't even be close. It wouldn't even be a fight. It wouldn't be an argument. It wouldn't be a debate. And all the debates and arguments and fighting, if that gives you anxiety, it will be done away with one day with the final words of, yes, you are Lord and King, and I bow a knee. And to us who believe, that is a tremendous amount of hope. But as Paul said, for those who do not believe, it's the worst, if I can fill in a, a Travis Creasy translation, transliteration there. It is death to them. To us, it is victory in life. Now, I want you to think about who they choose in just a few minutes. Jesus or Barabbas? I'm not going to try my Jack Nicholson impersonation from that movie a few years ago. Right? You can't handle the truth. You need me on that wall. Right? And I'm not telling you to go watch that movie. But if I can play on that... You need Jesus on that cross because you can't handle the truth. Can't handle the truth. John 8, they couldn't handle the truth. Your father is Satan. He's a liar. And you're a liar just like him. And so they picked up stones to kill him because we can't handle the truth. I want you to test everything that comes out of my mouth because I'm tired of wanting to be right to be right and I'm tired of having my ego petted. I want to be righteous because He's righteous. I want to tell the truth. And is there going to be slant to it? Yes, because I'm a human being. And so that ought to tell you, dispute it. Go find it. Go find it. Go seek it. We cannot afford to be lazy. A meme's not going to get it done. One Facebook post ain't going to get it done. No matter how much truth you put out there, it's just going to be disputed. And you should accept that. You should be fired up about that. That's why this whole thing is so doggone suspicious. You cannot question. You will take it. And people have not figured out that human beings just don't work that way, man. We don't work that way. You tell my kids, hey, don't do that. You know what they want to do with everything they have for no other reason than they want to do it because you said they can't? My kids, right? My kids. If I ever think that my kids are a special snowflake, y'all have the permission to kick my butt, right? Coach is always telling you, I can't wait to see you, Coach Daniel. I'll be done long before then, right? Because if you coach your kid, he's getting special treatment. And more than likely, he's getting chewed out worse than anybody else. And I'm not a good balancer of those two things. I'll be done. Right? And no matter how much you treat them and put them under more, oh, you get special treatment because it's coach's son. Uh, Right? We have bias. We all have blind spots. Our prayer should be, God, reveal those to me. And when you do, give me the strength to be able to withstand it. Are we truth seekers? Barabbas and Jesus. Which one do you want? Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. Because we cannot handle the truth. We can't. Thankful for the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to withstand it. Paul prays in Ephesians. 
His prayer is not that he'd be ashamed. His prayer is, is that, God, you are so glorious and your spirit is so awesome that it's overwhelming. Please give us the strength to be able to withstand it enough to show it and love people. Wow. Wow. It's not persecution that Paul is fearful of. That's the prayer in Philippians is pray that I wouldn't be ashamed so when the guy comes to cut my head off, I stay strong in my faith. He says the most shameful thing for me would be to deny Jesus in the moment of weakness. Think about that. Is that what would bring the most shame to us? To deny Jesus? Or is it a loss here or a loss there? One thing is coaching a Riverside football team, I have learned to take a loss with the best of them. We've suffered some of them, you know. Noble loser. I've been there. I've done that. I prefer noble winner. And I'm sure I'll be there again at some point. Finally, in Acts chapter 17, I think we see this example. And it's wonderful. And I hope I'm not reading too much into this. And Dr. Rushing, you can come get me if I do. But I just feel like there's a tremendous example that stands out to us in our lives and in the situation that we're in now. In Acts chapter 17, we have two groups of people. And it's, it's really wonderful. It really blew my mind this morning when I was looking at this, that how accurate it is that the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. You know, sometimes we may find new avenues of delivering those things that are old as time. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it talks, it talks about the Bereans. We give out the Berean award to any student who has a 100 average for the quarter. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they make 100 on everything, but at the end of it, it all adds up to that 100 average. And here's why. Verse 11, Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the Scriptures. They weren't lazy. They weren't just going, Oh, Paul's an apostle, which he was. And they go, Oh, he said it. It's got to be truth. So if they're double-checking Paul, I'm just going to tell you, you better be double-checking Coach Creasy on everything. That goes for you back there, Emily. goes for you, Marcus. All that stuff, right? You need to double-check. You need to be like, hey, is this real? Can we question this? Can we ask questions? By all means, please do. I get tired of talking to myself. I know y'all be shocked by that. Get tired of talking to those yellow walls in there from time to time. Examining the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so. What does that tell us? That truth is out there. And we cannot be lazy in seeking it out. It might be scary if we weren't justified in Jesus to go find the truth. But His justification leads to the adventure of sanctification. And yes, it can be scary from time to time. And yes, there are going to be people who look at you, and sometimes I think to myself what they thought about Paul. Your much learning has driven you crazy, right? Short trip, coach, right? That's what he says all the time. You guys are driving me crazy. It's a short trip. And there are certainly things that you read and you hear, and it, it'll make you mad. How in the world have we gotten to this point? And then Paul has those Romans 7 moment, right? Can't do it, even if I want to do it. But they studied the Scriptures. You keep reading in Acts chapter 17 and you get to the Areopagus, right? Where they love to hear something new. And they love to debate. And they love to 
talk it out and beat it into the ground. But it's new. Hey, we'll hear you out, Paul. And Paul says, this is great. I'd love this opportunity. And he uses it. And he capitalizes on it. It says some believed, some wanted to hear more, and some what? Mocked him. There's nothing new under the sun. So I want to encourage you that there has been a great price paid for you to be able to seek the truth. It has never been more at your fingertips than ever before. Think of when the Bible was written in English for the first time and regular Joe Schmoes could read it and how far they must have walked. And stories of people who got a copy and they would sit down immediately and just begin to read it and would sit and read as much as they possibly could because they were so hungry for it. I think of our brother who comes and talks about Ukraine and taking the Bibles over there and they're using it in their public schools to teach virtue and people can't get enough of them and they just want more and more. I love the picture. Man, I've just learned to love irony. You know, you just have to, right? It used to be kind of depressing, but now I just just lap it up, man, the irony of, of a child at a former Soviet Union camp and old Mark's Lennon, he's sitting there, man, his, his statue, and they got the Bible open. I'm like, oh, man, God. Whew. That's good stuff right there, man. Get you some, you know? Amazing. But you see, every one of us make the same choice as the story in John. Tomorrow when you get up, you'll have a choice between truth the truth of God embodied in Jesus Christ and the lies that are embodied in death in Barabbas. See, Barabbas died one day. He's still there. That body's there. He's dead all over like Rover. They didn't kill him that weekend. Whenever he died, he died. They killed Jesus that weekend. or I hesitate to say killed. He allowed himself to be put on a cross. But he didn't stay there. If you believe that, then there's a hope eternal. Regardless of how the count goes, regardless of who wins or loses the game this weekend, whatever that means to you. Do you know there's a whole large people out there that just don't even watch football? I mean, that's just amazing. They don't care. They don't care. I've become more and more jealous of those people as the years go on. But that doesn't change the fact that Jesus rose the third day and sits on the throne. And in that truth that is sometimes hard to wrap our minds around and difficult to deal with, we can be set free. In John 8, the same context of your father is the devil, and he is a liar. He says, but there's truth to be had, and it can set you free. This morning, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're dealing with, is not bigger than our God. Whatever is the outcome of whatever your anxiety is tied to, it's not bigger than our God. A God who keeps the sun doing what it does, who keeps the tides doing what it does, who sends the rain, holds it back. The cycles of the universe keep spinning, says to you, give me your anxieties because I care about you. I 
care about you. Man, think of the people in your life who legit care about you and want the best for you. You know, when people take time to have a discussion with me about things they don't agree with, you know what I've learned to take that as? They care. We may not ever come to an agreement on facts, but they care enough to have a decent conversation, which is so refreshing, right? I mean, hey, let's talk about it. I want to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk to me about it, but I love when people want to talk about it, right? And we can be respectful, and it's phenomenal. It it brings so much refreshment to the soul, and it also opens the door to conversations about the solution, which can be found in Jesus. This morning, I want you to know I love you. I am not the purveyor of truth. I do not hold a degree that says, I know everything, listen to me. Uh, And the more I live life, the more I realize that that is more and more the truth. That my ignorance knows no bounds, nor my hypocrisy. So, I'm right there with you in the need for Jesus and the need for His truth. So why don't you come forward and join me if you need to while we stand and sing.